The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who was to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regained their sight, The lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you. Among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. morning well just before we dive into these amazing beautiful readings if you notice in the pews now our Spanish missiles finally arrived so for our Spanish speakers they'll really rejoice they were delayed for for many many weeks and so if you notice in the pews now you have to there's different covers on us we can tell more immediately so we have English missiles and Spanish missiles now so there's both of them now in the pews so Before you pick them up, make sure you get the correct language. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now, I've been with you now as your pastor for about four months. Got here in July. So it hasn't been that long, although maybe for some of you it feels like years. I don't know. 
And as, as I'm still getting to know this parish, because it it's a big, busy place, and I'm getting to know your names, getting to know the culture, because every parish is different, has its own challenges and strengths and, and all of that. But one of the things that I've been impressed just in these last few months is that there was a lot of faith here. There was tremendous devotion. And I've been utterly impressed, and in, in a sense... I've been inspired by the faith of many of you. Because I don't know if you see this, because I, I live here, so I see you all the time. Right? And I see who comes and who goes, and I, I just live right behind here. And so I know, I know whoever's on campus. As I get to know you and I hear your stories, and I'm, I see a common thread of those whose faith is deep, whose love of the Lord is profound. And that common thread that I always see is that the faith without fail is born of tremendous suffering. And what I mean by that is that the people that I've noticed who have the deepest faith are those who, whose lives have had their, the wind knocked out of them. And I bring this up in a particular way on this third Sunday of Advent because as you notice now, the, the color of Advent is purple. And then during the third Sunday, this is called in Latin, Gaudete, which means rejoice. And we shift visually to the rose vestments. And it's supposed to be a visual cue. And the reason why is it's, it's, it's such a, it's a vibrant color is because to, it's to invoke that emotion. Rejoice. Why? Because the readings today are reminding us that God is coming. God is coming. And this is utterly key because oftentimes, as we hear beautifully in the readings today from the book of the prophet Isaiah, he says to them, the desert and the parched land will exalt. Strengthen the hands that are feeble, make firm the knees that are weak. And say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong and fear not, here comes your God. Isaiah is writing around the 8th century BC, more or less. So centuries before the coming of Christ. And what was happening in that particular time period was that God had left his presence from the Jewish people because of their sinfulness. And God withdrew his presence from them because they had strayed. But then the beautiful thing about our God is that even though we constantly fail him because we are weak human beings, God never leaves us. And so in the prophet Isaiah, and we hear this all throughout Advent, that someone will come. Someone is coming. Paul, now, same sentiment in the second reading today. He says, my brothers, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and be patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. For you too must be patient. Make your hearts firm because the coming of the Lord is at hand. You see, what Paul is speaking about here, and everybody who has ever suffered knows this well, 
What happens to us when we are undergoing tremendous pain, fear, and anxiety, when life just knocks us to the ground? The first temptation, and you will hear this lie creep into your heart. And it says that God has forgotten you. God doesn't hear your prayers. God is not your father. Stop praying. Stop coming to mass. Stop picking up your rosaries. God doesn't hear you. How many of us have felt that way? Raise your hand. Boom, everybody's hand should be raised right now. We've all felt like God doesn't listen to us. Because life is hard. And it beats us down. And we cry all day long, God, where are you? And that devil's voice slithers into our ears and it says, See, I told you so. And so in the gospel, John the Baptist, he sends his disciples to Jesus because John the Baptist knows about the prophecy of Isaiah eight centuries before. And he sends his disciples to to Jesus and he says, Jesus, Are you the one who was to come, or should we look for another? And then Jesus himself will quote the first reading today. He says, go and tell John what you see and hear. And he quotes verbatim. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. Jesus says... I am he whom you've been waiting for. Can you imagine the joy of the blind people that regained their sight, the crippled that now walk, the lepers that have been cleansed, the deaf now all of these suddenly, suddenly hear, the dead that are raised. Can you imagine the joy that these people felt when they were healed? And it was saying to them that God has not abandoned you. Today and tomorrow, this is probably one of the busiest times in the life of our parish. So after this Mass, I'll get picked up and I'll I'll be taken across town where we'll we'll begin that beautiful procession here for Our Lady of Guadalupe. And so we'll process through town and we'll have a big Mass here at noon. The Spanish Mass will be the main celebrant. And thousands of people will come here. And then tomorrow morning, we'll begin bright and early at 4.15 a.m., This place will be packed tomorrow morning. 4.15 a.m. rosary, and then at 5 a.m. we're going to start singing. It's called Mañanitas, Songs for Our Blessed Mother. And then 6 a.m. we'll have Mass. Bishop Soto will be here, and I'll be sitting next to him, sleepy. (laughs) The story of Our Lady Guadalupe is another testament to this. So let me set the context. And 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 it... Again, it supports all of the readings today. So Our Lady of Guadalupe appears to St. Juan Diego, December 12, 1531. It is 10 years after Hernan Cortes conquered the Aztec Empire. And so whenever you have the clashes of two civilizations, it's never pretty. Because imagine the Spanish Empire and the Aztec Empire going head to head. So 10 years after the conquest, of the Aztec Empire, 
Life in what's now Mexico is brutal because the discovery of gold happens. And it's like it happened here in California. Whenever greed enters into the picture, the worst of humanity comes out. It's nothing new. And so sadly, the native Aztecs were maltreated by the Spanish colonizers. And so as the church was trying to spread her message to the Aztecs, we weren't having much success because they associated Catholicism with the faith of their overlords. Then all of a sudden, Our Lady of Guadalupe appears. If you notice, there's multiple layers to Our Lady of Guadalupe here. But in one of those power figures, so looking at it through the eyes of an Aztec, she is standing in front of the sun. The, the, what looks like those rays that are radiating from behind her, she's in front of the sun. Because the Aztecs' religiosity was that they worshipped the sun god. And the sun god was the god of, of the sun and the god of war. It was the most powerful god that they had, which is why their temples are built the way they are. It's because they would offer human sacrifices to the sun god. And that's why the temples had the stairs coming down, because they would sacrifice human beings upon the altar, or upon the top of the pyramids, and then throw the bodies down. It was a brutal, brutal religiosity that the Aztecs had. And so when Our Lady of Guadalupe appears now, on December 12, 1531, the Aztecs immediately understood what this meant. That the one whom I carry in my womb, because she's pregnant in the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the one that I'm bearing in my womb is more powerful than your son God of war. And after this, Our Lady appeared, it clicked within the hearts of the Aztecs. Within a few short years, 10 million would convert to Catholicism. It is the fastest conversion of any people in the history of the church. 10 million people. So what God did when he sent Our Lady of Guadalupe to the Aztecs, is that God had said to them, He has not even forgotten you. I will send you the mother of God who will carry the Lord in her womb. And the beautiful thing about it, if you notice Our Lady of Guadalupe, if you look at the, her eyes, she is cast down. She's looking down. Why? Because she is saying, I am not a goddess. Don't pay any attention to me. I'm not a big deal. Rather, pay attention to the one who's in my womb, for he is greater. And that is why today thousands upon thousands of people will descend upon our parish today and tomorrow. And they will sing their hearts out in here. It will be a raucous, joyful noise. Because we sing in praise of a God who has not forgotten us. And so as I end this homily, if you are suffering in any way, If you feel God has abandoned you, don't believe the lie. God is here. Keep praying. Make your hearts firm. Because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Pro-hear.